Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Kids and Allergies. Wow, this topic generated a ton of interest when we posted it on Facebook. I'm so grateful to Rochelle for requesting it, and I'm happy to have four moms at the square table today who've been living with allergies for a few years now. I have lots of questions, but I want to jump right into the challenges, the fears, the stress, and also the knowledge that these moms have to share with us today. Welcome to Rochelle Lehman, Jennifer Miles, Katie Soley, and Marcy Young. I'm sure each of you have very unique, very unique stories to share, as well as a shared story to tell. Rochelle, please get us started and tell us what prompted you to ask for this very important okay. conversation. So, um, first, I'll just give the backstory. Two years ago, when we first found, discovered that she had this allergy, um, her we got her tested. We figured it out that it was cashews. She had cashew ice cream for the first time, and we got her tested, and her numbers were off the charts. Like a point, I think it's a point one zero. that's an allergy. Hers was a 42 wow. for tree nuts. It was for cashews, pistachios. There's a various tree nuts, and, and peanut was a 10, so it was still pretty high. Um, we were due for our retesting a few weeks ago, and we go to the, we had it done, and we go into the doctor's office, and he's like floored. He's like, you're not even going to believe this. And I said, what? And he said, it hurt test came back so low that it's barely even an allergy. Now, keep in mind, this has been so hard for me, her allergy, and being so conscientious. And you have three children. And I have three children, but I've always been very conscious of what she's eating and who she's near, um, you know, worried about school next year. So this was music to my ears. I couldn't believe he said it was like a 0.15, so mild. He said, this is great. We could do, we're going to do the skin test because I feel comfortable doing it now. We do the skin test. All of a sudden, she just starts blowing up. Huge welts. Her lips are blowing. Like, everything was... And he was alarmed. He says, I'll be right back. He comes in with two other doctors. And they're, I see them scrambling. And they're, get the Benadryl. Get the Epi. It was like a scene out of a, a movie. And I'm yeah. by myself with my other two children. Um, and I just looked at them and said, what's wrong? And he, he said, I'll be right back. He came back and he said, I looked at the blood work and the lab 
they drew the, the lab results on October 3rd, and they didn't run the test until, like, October 8th. Oh. And he said, the blood doesn't... You have to... When you're testing for allergies, it has to be within the 24-hour period. 48 hours at most, but with a whole week gone by... So they were measuring her welts, and I think a nine is an allergy, and they were measuring her welts at like a 20 to 24. Severe, severe allergy. He said, I'm going to go as far as to say that she has an airborne allergy and she should not be anywhere near nuts. So here I thought, wow, what a sense of relief to... Here we and, are, back at square one. how scary would it have been if in that little window... Yeah, and they wouldn't let me leave either. I was there with my other two kids, or with the three kids with me, and I'm there in the office for at least two hours because they wouldn't let me leave because right. they were nervous as to what could happen to her. Wow. Did yeah. they need to epi so, her? Did they give her the They ended up not epiing her. They gave her two doses of the Benadryl and not doing the epi, thankfully. But it didn't go down, I would say, until the next day. Yeah. How scary. It was really scary. And just heartbreaking. So let's talk about that first emotion that each of you felt when you realized what, that your children's lives were going to be like. Who wants to go first? I was. This is Marcy. Hi. um, I was terrified. I, um, and it was also very lonely because um, my daughter is now eight and when she was first, um, when she was a year old, I knew that something was wrong. I went to many doctors her first year of life, and they just told me she has eczema. All babies have eczema. And um, I'm thinking, this is not eczema. Like, people would move away from me in the mommy and me circles because she was so red and puffy. Okay, and, and I'm just going to hold your yeah. thought because everybody is sitting around this table nodding mm-hmm. at the struggle of the parent gut or the parent saying, I feel this so strongly and I'm so scared for this diagnosis and to be dismissed? Multiple times. So um, finally at a year, they did the blood test for her, the RAS test, which is not accurate at all. It's, you know, there's many false negatives, many false positives, but she was off the charts for peanuts and tree nuts and eggs. Um, And at the time... It was ridiculous how many things she was allergic to, and I just kind of said, like, no way, this can't be. Um, But as she got older, I I really did try to eliminate as much, you know, I eliminated pretty much everything and slowly brought things back in. And, you know, we've just been avoiding um, for the last couple of years. But it was, you know, eight years ago, I really didn't have anybody to ask. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any friends that had children with allergies. Um, So the loneliness... um There's so many questions because there's the loneliness of wanting the medical information and not having access to it in the at the level and specificity that you need for your child, your situation. And I was going to say, like, you're a pediatric dentist, so you're coming with a scientific mind as well as a parent mind. Mm -hmm. But then there's the loneliness of the rest of the world kind of thinking like, well, what's the big deal? Why are so, why, you know, this is the gluten generation. This is all those cliches that just kind of mock the, the, the reality of so many more children experiencing allergies and the intensity of the allergies being that much more dramatic. I don't think anybody could possibly understand unless you live it. 
you know, it's easy for somebody without a child with a food allergy to just say, oh, gosh, yeah, th- this peanut butter won't hurt. My kid loves yeah. peanut butter and jelly. Right. That's all they eat. So your child, and yeah, there's there's <laughs> myth number one. My child eats it, therefore your child right. should too. Or my child shouldn't be punished because of your child. Yeah. Like yes. it's a punishment. There's, there's definitely, and I, I will say, you know, as being a teacher here, there there are parents who who don't want their child in a nut-free room because they'll say, well, all my child eats is peanut butter. You know, it does. It has put me in an awkward position because I am that parent. And I have had to say, well, my child is the one with the nut allergy. Okay, so as the educator at the table, I mean, I'm here to say that there is no doubt in my mind that when we create sensitive, inclusive environments that are respectful of children's needs, whether it's a food allergy, whether it's a differently abled child, whatever, whether it's a multilingual, no matter what that is, there is nothing that doesn't show that all children benefit, all children gain in compassion and empathy and the choices. I mean, so Mm -hmm. if if everything that we strive for in early childhood is executive function, the idea of how do we help children manage themselves and their environment so that they can be their best, give their best, do their best, I'm convinced without any doubt in my mind that when any child in a classroom has to be tuned in, aware, and sensitive to a food allergy particularly, it just heightens that executive function that says, I can manage this world and be thoughtful and specific in my interactions. Yeah. There's, it's, it's, and I see it firsthand. I also have seen, I mean, I've seen those kids you know, who've been diabetic, who at three were giving themselves their own, you know, giving themselves their own shots. The, you know, I've seen children be so responsible. And, and the one person I wanted here yeah. so badly yeah. was Yaffa Englander, who is a senior uh. in high school, who has managed having severe food allergies since yeah. she's a very young child. And I wanted that child perspective. Um, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I um, had have had a student who was so confident and aware of her allergy. Anytime I would bring out a snack, Miss Rochelle, can you make sure there's no nuts in it? You know, was always asking questions, uh, you know, very responsible, asking the person next to her, does your lunch have nuts in it? And I just wish that my own, and I feel bad saying this, but I wish that my own daughter would be that aware, but unfortunately she's very independent and a little, you know, impulsive, impulsive and, and she yeah, can be a little yeah. defiant, you know. And defiant. There so, you go. And so, so that's I'm another... on the other side of it that I, and I have said to this other child who's been a student, like, I wish you could teach my child how aware, you know, to but, be more aware. But the thank you for saying that because it's that reminder, and, and this will be true, I believe, even into elementary school, yeah. that, that children... Not all children are, are, are going to be that um, cooperative and no, com- with it's unusual, following the yeah. rules. Yes. You know, so there's going to be children that are going to say, maybe today it'll be different. Maybe today. I think most kids, if they have had a true allergic reaction, most kids I think are, are terrified of No, of but mine things. has, she has had such severe reactions, you know, that... You know, I think, yes, she's aware and will say, oh, I'm allergic to nuts. But if something looks appealing to her, that's not going to register for her because she's mm-hmm. very much, wow, that looks pretty, you know. Oh, and she, 
She's four, and she's very, very independent. Go ahead, Jennifer. I know adults that have lactose allergies, and they know that having anything with milk or dairy will make them sick to their stomach, and they're adults, and they can't help themselves. But there's a difference between a true allergy and a sensitivity. It is a true allergy. He actually can't breathe when he does it. Like, to the point where he's got to go like this, and he'll breathe, and he'll be fine after he takes something, but, I mean... An allergy is an allergy, whether it is something that gives you eczema, in my mind at least, whether it's something that, you know, makes you sick to your stomach, or whether it's something that could honestly send you to a hospital. They're all allergic reactions. Tell us about your situation, Jennifer. My son um, actually had welts around his face when it was, even when I was breastfeeding him. So from the get-go, I decided to eat a lot of peanuts. Peanuts were a big part of my diet, especially when breastfeeding. I was a new mom who had problems making milk. So they said, protein, 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 eat the peanuts, eat the almonds, all you can eat it. And my son was sick to his stomach. It was so bad. He wouldn't sleep, wouldn't do anything. So this was under the first this year. Was in three weeks. And I told the doctor, something's not right. And he said, you're fine. And I had actually spoken to a colleague who said, start taking things out of your diet, remove them. And dairy, nothing helped. You know, finally I took the peanuts out, and that's what did it. And I told my doctor, he's like, no way. No infant has a peanut allergy that early. Lo and behold, when he's finally old enough to do the skin test, he's allergic to peanuts. And my family loved them to death, but until my son had the first peanut allergy, they thought it was a myth. They thought people just wanted to have that peanut allergy because it was a fad. Made them special. And it made them special. But in reality, no one wants their kids to have any to have a sickness. I mean, eczema is a form of allergy for some kids with gluten, with wheat. So I think we all just have to be respectful to the levels of your allergy. Right. Well, what I'll say is, so this particular incident where someone had brought over these beautiful unicorn spectacular cupcakes and said they were nut free and I just motherly instinct and they were big so teacher instinct cut them in half right because you don't want to and there was peanut butter inside the first one so thank god but my point is Peyton was so upset that she couldn't have that beautiful sparkly cupcake and there's that other thing is how is it possible again is that sense of responsibility and taking it seriously enough so when people say oh I've checked this is nut free and it certainly isn't well I think you become very misinformed yeah but Mm -hmm. but my point is she has that type of personality where wow it looks beautiful I want it Katie tell us your situation um Kiahi it started as he was an infant and um he was having really bad eczema and what we thought was reflux so we switched formulas, put him on Nutriamogen, just figured it was a dairy allergy. Then when we started to introduce foods, um, starting with the puffs, again, the eczema. Um, and so we took away gluten. And then we were at Whole Foods one day, and he was probably like one. And I was like, he can't eat anything. Hummus, that's good. Like, hummus is a good soft baby food. Stuck it in, tried to stick it in his mouth. He's refusing, like, bef- so he could sense it, and he had... A very bad reaction in the middle of Whole Foods. We rushed to the ER. Um, come to find out he's got about eight. Um, we avoid all the top eight um, and also oat and s- sesame. Um, he eats like potato chips and chicken. 
That's it. He is pretty well aware that he can't eat anything. He also has some texture things going, so I don't have to worry too much that he's going to find something appealing. He, he'll tell his teacher, I'm allergic to everything. I'm allergic to everything. Um, but we're, we're scared all the time. <laughs> okay, that, I want to get the eight-year-old perspective on that self-management. Um, and, and also, it Miles is how he ma- manages it for himself. And then I want to go right to the anxiety issue, because that was one mm-hmm. of the things when I was looking um, up the topic online, that the greater incidences of anxiety, allergy anxiety, I mean, it's almost like a name. And then mm-hmm. I was thinking, so how much is your, how much anxiety do you have, do you live with daily? And then how um, do your children, is that, is there an awareness or is it a, a fear of a, this could really hurt me? So my daughter is eight and she, um, she reads labels. I teach her, we read labels yeah. together. She, um, she talks to her friends about, you know, that they know that they can't sit with her if they have peanut butter or if they have, you know, eggs. She, um, when she goes over to friends' houses, I, I always know the parents. So you've done sleepovers. I've done two with okay. my very good friends with training the parents, like making sure that they're comfortable because it's putting a lot of trust mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a huge, even my parents, you know, in the beginning were very hesitant to have her sleep over because God forbid there is an emergency. You want to make sure that people know what to do. And so, so she carries um, an EpiPen. She carries two. She always carries two in case one malfunctions or mm-hmm. doesn't work. But um, so she has slept over now. She um, and she really takes it very seriously because she has had to use the EpiPen and she doesn't want to feel that again. It's scary for them. Does so she have to self Epi? She's never had to self Epi. No, not yet. And I don't think she could do it yet. Um, I have a patient, oh, I had a patient who um, was 12 years old from Palm Beach. And um, three years ago, he actually passed away from um, on Thanksgiving and um, just grabbed a little piece of pound cake, ran upstairs with his family. These are very well-educated, you know, parents that just thought it was asthma and were watching him doing the albuterols. He wasn't getting better. He called 911. The ambulance came, and it was too late. He was... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't have that be fast enough. And so um, she's come with me to multiple events. There's actually in Palm Beach County, we're, we're so fortunate that there are so many support groups here. And um, so just going to different events like this, kind of, she knows she's not the only one with How food allergies. How old was she when you started taking her? Um, she was six. Okay. And she didn't want to go. She didn't want to wear her red sneakers, and she didn't understand. And I said, well, we're going to go. We're going to meet other kids. Because so, you have the oldest daughter, uh, oldest child with a, with an allergy at the table, so really, really insightful to know this idea of helping helping them accept responsibility and knowledge and understanding, but giving them a sense of power, mm-hmm. you know, and le- feeling less alone to mm-hmm. be able to be a part of something. Now I know you did bring some resource um, contact information with you. Is that something you'd like to share now, or is that? Sure. Um, there's a few things. I don't know if you guys even know, um, but there's a No Nuts Moms group of Palm Beach mm-hmm. County on Facebook. Are you guys all members? No. Mm-hmm. It's a great resource. There, There's all local moms. Um, if anybody has a question about a specific restaurant or, you know, this experience or where do I get EpiPens or do you like the AviQ better? Whatever it is, it's a safe, yeah. you know, it's, it's not medical advice, but food Mom, allergy mom moms. Mom tested, dad yeah. tested. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's a great thing for, you know, everybody I encourage if you do have a child with any food allergy. It's, it's called the No Nuts Moms Group, but it's any food allergy. Um, a local organization is Red Sneakers for Oakley. That's the parents of the child that um, passed away from food allergies, from his peanut allergy. They do a lot of local advocacy and education around the country now. They're awesome. And then um, for new moms that don't know about where to go, because I didn't know where to go, and honestly, my allergist and my pediatrician, nobody led me to any of these resources, but FAIR online is a great resource, F-A-R-E, um, ton of resources for your emergency care plan, and um, FACT is a great one now. This is relatively new for me, but they offer um, legal free consulting over the phone. So if you're a new parent with a child with a food allergy and you have no idea what to do, you can actually speak with someone, which I would have loved when my child was younger. Um, and also um, just KFA, Kids with Food Allergies, there's a ton of information. So it's um, so you're not alone. That's the most important thing. Thank you. And about Miles and self-managing, so do you find that he will just go for something that looks inviting? So Will's four. So oh, Will, sorry. That's okay. It happens all the time. I'm so all sorry. All the time. I'm so sorry. Because the last name's Miles. Um, Will's four, so he's good for the most part. I mean, he knows when we go to restaurants and if they say, are there any allergies, he'll say, oh, you know, I'm allergic to pecans and peanuts. He knows what snacks. He asks that question too. But sometimes it slips his mind. I mean, he's only four years old, but we just try to keep reinforcing it. Yeah. Um, and everyone that he comes into contact knows. You know, anytime he goes with an adult, they're given the EpiPens and they're told, here's what he's allergic to. So that everyone knows that's the routine. So I don't mean to be the one who doesn't know. Is that the is that the emergency care plan? Is that you have a plan in place when he goes with anyone and that you give them everybody the speech and you give them the EpiPens and you teach them how to use them? You guys them? are all better than me because I don't think Peyton will ever go anywhere. <laughs> okay, so he's gone with your He's gone. There's actually a bag I have with Benadryl and EpiPen. That's so the Benadryl is the first step if it's not working, then it's the EpiPen, because he hasn't ever had an episode where I have needed to use the EpiPen, thankfully. Okay. Thankfully. Okay. We have not had to. We've been able to treat with Benadryl. But actually, it's, you know, um, after using it, it's so empowering. And so I, I don't want anybody to be afraid of using oh, the EpiPen, because it works so fast, and you're never going to kill somebody by using Epi. You only save a life. So... I always tell people, you need it, use it, don't hesitate, epi fast, epi first. Okay, and the works. next right. practical yeah. question. So did they manage the, the pharmaceutical question? I mean, is it affordable now? I mean, and you can... Yeah, well, it's a big shortage. There's a very big shortage. And from an insurance standpoint, EpiPen is actually not covered by a lot of carriers. They only cover the generic, which is not a problem because the generic is actually made by the same company. But there is a huge shortage right now. In fact, I've had to use the Avocube because EpiPen has been out for three months. Okay. Right. No, I only again, use the Avocube. And again, so just that idea too. of, so that our listeners know that the stress, the anxiety, the frustration, and the even when we have good information, there are a lot of obstacles mm -hmm. for you making sure that you have peace of mind and your children have peace of mind. Um, so he hasn't had to, he's a self, okay, so let's talk about anxiety. Okay. Um, your anxiety, and do you have any sense that they have anxiety? He does not. 
Um, he's not worried about... Um, he just doesn't like to eat really anything, so he doesn't have any anxiety about ingesting anything, and he's kind of all over the place. Um, my anxiety is constant because even if he just doesn't feel well, if it's an earache and he's starting to cry, I'm like, did I do something? Did he eat something? Is it? Is he starting to have like a stomach issue? Even though I know he didn't, but that's the first place I go. Like something happened. He ate oh, something. To the worst case scenario. Yeah, he had an earache last night, and I'm checking like the kitchen. Like, did I accidentally give him the wrong medicine? Did I give like I? He gets Zyrtec every night for environmental allergies that are separate from the food allergies. And I was like, did I give him a weird one? Did it have something in it he wasn't supposed to? He just had an earache. But it makes sense yeah. to me after hearing your story of the of the family that didn't get the epi fast enough is that you have this question that something is wrong and what if I'm going to be delayed in my response? So I can understand where that where that anxiety comes from. Oh, I'm always anxious with my children and it's just because we've had between allergies and other medical history. I mean, you always wonder what you're, if you did something. Um, you know, when they go out from a restaurant, was there something, if they're not feeling well afterwards, was there something in the food that they didn't tell us about? Was there any cross-contamination? I mean, definitely, I think to be a mother is to always be anxious, to be very honest. Yeah. So I'm going to come back to Marcy because I feel like you have, like you have these two hats. You have the mom hat and then you have the scientist medical professional hat. A response to being a mother means I'm always anxious. Means I'm always anxious, but especially it's a, it's a whole other level for um, I have two daughters. The one with food allergies is a whole other level of anxiety. My my younger one really doesn't have any food allergies. She can be you know whatever. <laughs> she, I'm like she'll be fine. The older one I'm always worried, but um, I also want her to live a, a great life, and I want her to not be afraid, and I try very hard to give her as much freedom as I can while still kind of controlling from the outside. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. for example, we, um, we've we had a few bad experiences in restaurants, although I always ask for the manager. Mm-hmm. I usually just bring food for her. Um, I always bring food for birthday parties. I never expect people to, you know, have anything special for her. I always provide it. Um, and that's something that, I, I mean, even people without food allergies, you know, if, unless you go through this, you don't, I, nobody really expects people to have all peanut-free everything. Am I right? I don't. Unless you're a mom wow. with it. I, when people come to my parties now, I'm very careful. Like, if I know I've got a kid with an allergy, I have something separate for Halloween, even though I'm Purim. I have separate. Yeah. I did the teal thing this year. Great. I teal made sure to do the trickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I always make sure, being an allergy mom, that I am... Focusing on the kid with the allergy. So in family time, the kid had allergy to apple. I made sure with the mom, what snack could I bring so everyone could eat? So yeah, I do try to be inclusive and make sure that there's always something. But I'm an allergy mom. Can I ask a question about your restaurant experience? Because that's one of the biggest challenges. And we have also just, we just bring food for him all the time. But are there any places that you feel comfortable? You always bring... There are a few places that I know that yeah. I, I know the manager, we go in, they know what, she always gets the same thing. Yeah. I always, you know, talk to the manager, I always say da 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 da. So, um, but, you know, even with that, there's some some places that don't take it seriously or there's mm-hmm. cross-contamination or, you know. Yeah. And it's just. 
out of my control. If I don't cook it, I don't really trust it. Yeah. Unless there's a one person that you do trust, yeah. then mm-hmm. it's a relationship with that person. Yeah. Actually, last night, my husband and I had this debate because he had brought in Chinese food, and I got really nervous because I said they, in particular, like to use peanut oil and nuts, cashews, whatever. You don't know what it's been cooked with, and... You know, we didn't, we sort of, you know, differed a little bit on the subject. He thought, well, it's just chicken and broccoli, but I was nervous the whole night. I'm not going to lie. I was really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the other, so so we have both sides of that issue because I'm sitting here also thinking of, the person, you know, like when when I I feel so bad at family time for the for the mom that brings her own all the time that we want I want it to be an inclusive environment. We try to be so diligent, but you know you're right when it comes to a birthday cupcake or a a special treat. We I you know there, it's it's certainly easier for us when someone says, well, I'll just bring mine for my child. But it's just, but it's also heartbreaking. So how do you feel, do you feel, does it feel just so unfair to, that you have to do your own or do you want, I mean, it's. I I know I try to make, um, I I always ask what they're serving and then I try to bring something that's as close as possible. And I'll usually bring one extra. So if somebody else wants one, then she can give it to them too. Uh, Um, I mean, I, there was a situation recently where. I had sent in um, a nut-free cupcake because I knew they were bringing in cupcakes, which generally they would bring a nut-free, but just in case they had asked me and I sent it in. Um, and another child was jealous of the cupcake and threw it on the floor. Oh. So Peyton was devastated, and I did not have a backup to give her, and then she couldn't have what they were serving. So that was an issue that I learned from. <laughs> so sending You couldn't just know, take it off the floor? <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds. I think she got a second roll. I think the other child actually smushed it. That dirt hypothesis. No, I I was told she actually smushed it. Uh. Um, It happens, but I've, yeah. So I I know that she felt like she just wants to have what everybody else is having. So, you know. Well, and there's another. So let's talk about that emotional piece from a Mm -hmm. developmental point of view, which is there are the children you know, there are the children that are going to be like, tell me what I'm supposed to have and I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. And then there are the ones, and it could be like that social awareness that's just, I want to be a part of that group. I want to have this full experience. Um, where so, so how do you help them manage that, that emotional um, disappointment, difference? Um, how... Um. We usually we just don't go right now. We're in a total See, avoidance I, I, stage. I, I, my my big yeah. curiosity is from the more general parenting point of view, which is, um, you know, how long can you avoid? And that's just the, for me, the heartache and the conflict. Them. You know, it's you are in situations where they are going to have social emotional conflict um, in age related ways forever. Or yeah. um, for me, I feel like. Peyton is extremely independent, and even though she's the youngest, I see her. She's like the leader. You you go here, you go there. She's very confident, mm-hmm. so I don't really worry about that so much with her. But I I worry more about that she just she was the risk. The risk. The you know, we were risk. at a birthday party, and um, I asked, "Oh, is the favor not free?" And and I was told yes. And we get in the car, 
And Ryan says, Mom, isn't this coconut, which is one of our allergies. It's mild, but it's still an allergy. And I said, you're right. That's coconut, Peyton. You can't have it. And she had a little bit of a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard for her to understand that. So are there... Um, go ahead. I, I just try to teach her everybody's different. Everybody yeah. has, you know, different color hair and different bodies. And, you know, some things, you know, some little boys have crutches and some people have wheelchairs. And, you know, you're... you're you know, you can't eat certain foods, but we're lucky overall. And if we, yeah. you know, so we just have to celebrate differences and, you know, and we want to keep her safe. So, yeah. And again, finding yeah. that mantra, how do I keep you safe? How do you keep yourself safe? Giving them a sense of power versus the, oh, no, it's another thing I can't have. And mm-hmm. I think it really does come on your shoulders and grandparents and teachers um, so that there isn't this pity or this, um, oh, you know, you, you want, it has to be this respectfulness that says, Okay, you know, how many what how many things can't we eat and and make it about, you know, I always say when in doubt, um, just describe the situation because then they can look for it on on their and from their own eyes. Oh no, that was four things today that I couldn't have. Um, wonder if I can think of four other things that 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 I really like even more than those things you know so that so that you're playing this emotional resilience game that's kind of stretching them into um, this is who I am this is what works for me and um, and I'm not at a, you know I'm not less than anybody else because I'm in this situation but again it's like crutches it's like um, being differently able just being able to frame it in a way that says um, no no um, you you get to still like more things than anybody else because you're a little girl or a little boy that would just that just likes so much about everything you know not food, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's interesting when you start to look at it and you see how many activities and things revolve around food or how much people use food as a reward. And you think, okay, there are, like we could maybe do something different. I don't ever ask, but you start to see, like, before I had a kid with an allergy, and you think, okay, I'm so soccer glad practice, you that up. birthday parties, my oh, kid's yeah. school now, not allergy-friendly at all. And I come from a Public place school. that was... Oh, no, no, no. But oh, yeah. the, our preschool before was so super allergy friendly so now to not have such a big difference like, do we really need to have this at nine in the morning they're only yeah. here three hours and this is a huge discussion in early childhood and and in sports because it's yeah i mean we are creating i mean i came from a few months ago i was at a food conference um in Atlanta, and we were there with the, 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 you know, like all kinds of world famous pediatricians, and the whole obesity crisis in this country is because we're using garbage food uh, in so many inappropriate ways culturally. Mm-hmm. So you guys are actually helping us all move forward to be more responsible in our health. Um, in our food choices for, for our families and for ourselves. But, yeah, as rewards, I mean, it's nuts yeah. that in that in this year we are still doing... Well, and, like, let's make a fire truck with Oreos as the thing and graham crackers as the base. Oreos were the wheel and licorice for the... I'm like, they're four, and it's 9.30. So even, <laughs> right, if, they, right, even right. if they couldn't... I mean, my kids can't participate, and I brought yeah. alternatives, but you're giving them a lot right now yeah, just yeah, if, yeah. for a regular kid. 
Yeah. And, I'll, and, I'll, and, and not with anything with allergies whatsoever, yeah. but, you know, when I came from this, from this conference, they were saying, you know, that in five to ten years, the majority of American kids will be obese, you know, yeah. and that, that it's frightening. I think the key word that you keep saying is alternatives. There are so many alternatives out there. Publix has alternatives. Yes. They have yes. gluten-free, oh, yeah. dairy-free, egg-free cookies. You should buy a box. It's no different than walking down the aisle and getting a different brand of cookies. Right. So yeah. there are so many alternatives out there that it just takes that extra step yeah. that you go. Peanut butter. There's wow butter. There's sun butter. There are so many different alternatives. Does it taste 100% the same? I think, oh, go ahead. I think it's difficult, though, because... You know, a lot of the things, a lot of the cookies, for example, if they are free of nuts, they may have eggs, but then they have dairy. But then, so it's like, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. But there are brands. There's an Enjoy Life. Right. But there's, but I always feel like it's not, um, like it's it's not everybody else's responsibility to really like take care of my child. Like I kind of feel like you know, this is what she can have. Um, if there's other kids with food allergies in the class, of course I'm sensitive to that too because I know, and we all are because mm-hmm. it's a small mm-hmm. school. But I'll, you mentioned public school. Public school is actually much safer than private schools mm-hmm. because um, food allergies are technically a disability and kids have the right to feel safe and go to school. And so it's it's. I think that's a big... And I think that's a that's the way to look at it is it's a different it's a, it's a different need it's a different way to individualize in our world and you know we come as educators and hopefully as communities to respecting differences and this you know the idea of people being resentful of 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 classrooms or situations but then um, there's also like an innocent last year innocent situations last year um Peyton was sitting with a, a parent and their child and gave them a cookie. And she saw me and said, oh, it's okay that I gave her a cookie, meaning, like, it's okay that I gave her a sweet. And I said, no, actually, it's not okay. She's allergic to nuts. So that's scary, too, like, not knowing who knows or who could give her something. But we gave her Benadryl right away. So... <laughs> But again, she that you have to know. be so vigilant and yes. monitor it yes, all the yes, time. Yes. And hopefully, you know, I mean, the, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm sure it's getting close to 20% of the population wow. of, of children okay. having allergies. I think I one in six. I wonder where it comes from. Well, that is know. the old, I mean, we, we started to have a little bit of that conversation before <laughs> yeah. the mic is on. Um, you did your research, so I'll let you speak to it. Yeah. I think it's just and a combination. I mean, nobody knows why, obviously, but it's a combination, you know, foods and the hygiene hypothesis, too much antibacterial soap, kids aren't getting dirty, they're not eating enough dirt. There's, you know, overuse of antibiotics, overuse of antibiotics food production, and the, the gut bacteria has changed. And um, I, I mean, nobody knows why. If they did, we wouldn't have these food allergies. Well, go ahead, tell us. Um, you also had a precaution that you gave me, you mentioned to me before we went on mic about when you go to your dentist, because you are a pediatric dentist. Um, oh, yes. De- a young dentistry in Delray. <laughs> a plug for the oh, South d- no, Florida. Just yes. that there, there are hidden things that sometimes pediatricians, I just went to a pediatrician meeting in Palm Beach County, and, you know, there's there's so much that people don't know. Um, pediatricians have started doing the fluoride varnish on babies by age one, which is wonderful for access to care issues. But some fluoride varnishes actually have remnants of peanuts and pine nuts. And so you have to be really careful. And it's important to find providers that are sensitive to 
you know, to food allergies. And I think most of the pediatric dentists in this area are great. They, we all talk and we all know, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's important to, you know, make sure that anybody, even a healthcare provider, if if they're putting something in your child's mouth, (laughs) make sure you know what it is. Yeah, that's really scary. So let's do our wrap up. It's always the same. Um, I know we've, we this could be a multiple session (laughs) podcast topic, um, but it is, how have you got this? For right here, for right now, based on your experience, your particular child, how have you got this? Um, I just was at the allergist the other day, and they did say the first line of treatment was epi, and that was my go-ahead to finally not be afraid of it, um, because I was treating with Benadryl first. So I feel like a new person after I had that kind of blessing from her, that I can't hurt him from that. Fantastic. Good, good, good. We have our game plan. Um, We actually have a schedule to get well retested because he is so young. And we just continue to live every day at the same and stay away from foods that he's allergic to. So let me ask you just a follow-up to that, and that is, have you had to change that game plan on a regular basis? or It's been changed. How trust? I mean, so... How much do I trust it? Um, So originally we had a provider that did the scratch test, the skin, and said, okay, I'll see you back in this amount of time. We didn't do blood work. And when it came back to that point, he said, stay away from peanuts, stay away from pecans, everything else you can keep in his diet. When I came back a year later, which was the date, oh, no, you should have never taken him off peanuts. He never had an he never needed the EpiPen. You should have never taken him off. So it was that misinformation that I received. And it does feel like there is so much misinformation given, and you don't know what to trust. To your point, yeah, you went and had blood work done, and you trusted that blood work. Shouldn't yeah. the do- where does the responsibility lie of the doctor looking? And so saying, your game plan is now you have a team in place that you feel like you can trust. And I'm continuing to stay educated so that I can ask the questions and always be on top and ask the questions to my doctor and not just, for lack of a better term, believe blindly. Right, right. You are your child's advocate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rochelle? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I just have to keep on top of it in terms of managing, you know, her environment, her classroom environment, her home environment, play date environments. Um, and when we go to a restaurant, you know, her allergy that is really, really severe. It's so keeping in touch with the allergist who he's been really great at, you know, keeping in touch and reaching out periodically and seeing how she's doing and, I think keeping everybody informed, keeping her classroom peers and parents informed and the school informed. It's a lot of responsibility. It is. It's a huge responsibility. There was the other question on my list that I didn't get to, and that was parent burnout. Um, (laughs) Because I think that there is that overwhelming sense of, I have a responsibility to keep everybody informed, to keep my child safe, and to... Um, and to and to be even concerned about what food my husband brings into the house. On, on He's pretty. Night. He is very good and but very just aware. That thought, just that idea, but I don't think but, he thinks of it so much as I do. Where I I think, oh well, they use peanut oil in cooking, and they love to use cashews in their foods. He's he doesn't think of it like you know. Yeah. I'm a little. I feel um, positive, even though this, this has yeah. been kind of um, very scary, a scary discussion. I think that there's so much research right now going on, and there's there's so much misunderstanding even with health professionals, but they're coming out with the peanut patch. They're coming out, I, I think, in the horizon and in the literature. They do have a lot of really good um, 
good things on the horizon. So I feel confident. Like my daughter's eight. I think within five years, I'm hoping she'll at least be able to be a teenager. And if she accidentally kisses somebody that had peanuts or kisses somebody, you know, that <laughs> oh, she won't be the thing ever. That yet. But, well, it's, it's, yep, you're it's so there. Right. So you're hopefully, so right. you know, so I'm, I think we're, we're headed in a good direction in the medical field. So Well, and I appreciate you being here with the perspective of an older child and seeing that big leap from six to eight. <laughs> and for all of you for sharing your stories. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.